Hi all, it's Wilmot George of CI's Tax, Retirement, and Estate Planning Team. Today we're going to talk about real estate and specifically implications on relationship breakdown. Hence, the title of today's podcast, The House, The Cottage, and The Relationship Breakdown. An article on this topic is available on our website, ci.com. Look for the Tax, Retirement, and Estate Planning page. So let's get right at it. When separation or divorce strikes, financial matters can become complex, adding to the emotional stress of the moment. For couples with multiple properties, perhaps a home and a vacation property, the breakdown of the relationship can trigger questions that, while common, are often not considered in advance. Consider this scenario. Mark and Beth jointly own a house and a cottage. They've recently separated, and as part of the separation agreement, Mark will transfer his 50% interest in the house to Beth, and Beth will transfer her 50% interest in the cottage to Mark. Each intends to occupy their property as their principal residence going forward. In discussing these transactions with their legal and tax advisors, the following questions came up. Question number one. Can the transfer of their respective interests be completed on a tax-deferred basis? Question number two. Will future gains or losses on the properties accrue to the recipients as opposed to the transferors of each respective interest? And question number three. When the properties are sold in the future or upon death of the owner, will the principal residence exemption be available to each spouse to fully shelter their property from tax? These are all good questions that often don't get thought about until a relationship breakdown occurs. Where couples have knowledge of implications in these situations, they can plan accordingly to avoid surprise and arrive at an appropriate result. So to start, let's deal with question number one. Can the transfer of Mark and Beth's respective interests be completed on a tax-deferred basis? The transfer of capital property between current or former spouses or common-law partners normally occurs at cost. This means, unless the parties elect otherwise, the transfer of property between the parties occurs on a tax-deferred rollover basis, deferring capital gains tax to a future sale. Applying this to Mark and Beth's scenario, Mark can transfer his 50% interest in the house to Beth on a tax-deferred basis, and Beth can transfer her 50% interest in the cottage to Mark, also on a tax-deferred basis. Doing so would postpone the realization of accrued gains and losses until the recipient of the interest sells or is deemed to have sold the property. Let's now look at question number two. Will future gains or losses on the properties accrue and be taxed to the recipients as opposed to the transferors? Normally, where property is transferred between spouses or common-law partners, unless fair market value consideration is received in exchange, future income and capital gains from the property are attributed or taxed to the transferring spouse and not the recipient spouse. Depending on the value of their respective interests, this might lead one to believe that the transfer of Mark and Beth's property interests can lead to a tax bill for the transfer down the road. However, the tax rules provide that where spouses or common law partners are living separate and apart due to the breakdown of their relationship, 
attribution of future income and upon election by the spouses, capital gains cease, resulting in taxation of income and gains to the recipient spouse. The application of this to mark and best scenario is if upon future sale of the house, there is a taxable capital gain, the gain would be taxable to best solely if she and Mark elect for this treatment. The same would be true for Mark upon sale of the cottage. Now, attribution ceases to apply beginning the year the joint election is filed and can be filed at any time after separation. Note, though, the election is not required for this treatment if the property sale occurs after divorce is finalized as the attribution rules cease automatically upon divorce. That leads us now to question number three. When the properties are sold in the future, will the principal residence exemption be available to each spouse to fully shelter their property from tax? Where there is a tax deferred rollover of property to a spouse, current or former, the tax rules state that the property shall be deemed to have been owned by and be the principal residence of the spouse for any taxation year where the property was the principal residence of the transferring spouse. In other words, upon subsequent sale of the house, Beth will be deemed to have owned Mark's 50% interest in the house for the length of time it was owned by Mark, and it will also be deemed to be Beth's principal residence for any taxation year for which it was Mark's principal residence. Provided that Beth continues to satisfy the conditions for claiming the principal residence exemption, she would be allowed to designate the home as her principal residence for all years, including the years the property was jointly owned by herself and Mark. With respect to the cottage, however, assuming both properties were purchased after 1981, only one property can be claimed as a principal residence by Mark and Beth's family unit for the pre-separation period. If the house is sold first and is designated as their principal residence for the pre-separation period, the exemption would not be available for the cottage for the same period. This would be an unfortunate result for Mark and should be considered when drafting their separation agreement. For the post-separation period, however, the exemption would be available to Mark upon sale of the cottage provided he satisfies occupancy and other criteria necessary to claim the exemption. So in brief, while separation and divorce bring challenges and complexity, both emotionally and financially, knowing the tax rules tied to these scenarios can bring clarity and some relief to a challenging period. We hope that today's discussion has brought some light to that. Well, that brings our podcast for today to a close. We hope that you found it useful and we look forward to our next opportunity to connect. Until then, we wish you all the best and hope that you stay well. Thanks very much and have a great day. This podcast is provided as a general source of information and should not be considered personal, legal, accounting, tax, or investment advice, or construed as an endorsement or recommendation of any entity or security discussed. Investors should seek the advice of professionals prior to implementing any changes to their investment.